trust him now. Let's stand and praise the Lord. I tell you in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need repentance. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for loving us. Uh, Thank you for uh, caring about us. Thank you for letting us know you. Uh, Lord, thank you for this church, these people, this building, this community. Father, I ask you to bless our time. Uh, Allow us to glorify you because you are worth it. Uh, Father, thank you for uh, just everything in this life, the ups, the downs, the the good times, the bad. God, thank you for always being with us. Jesus, and I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, family. Man, time flies. End of March. Whew. Very depressing. Hey, either way, uh, time flies. I'm glad you're here. Uh, if you're watching online, we're glad you're with us too. Uh, sometime during the service, will you take a moment or two, fill out your connection card? Uh, otherwise, we came here to worship, so let's do that. Maybe seated.
How's everyone so far? Good? Good. Listen, I got bad news for you. My family's cranky in the front row, and so I'm going to preach for a long time just to, just to be irritating to them. Hey, we're going to be, we're going, to be going on. We've been doing a Jesus On series. We're going to keep going on. Next week's our, our final one in that. But today we're going we're gonna to be in Matthew chapter 6. So once you find that, don't, don't close it quite, quite yet. We're going to read it a couple times. Matthew chapter 6. I'll give everyone just a few more seconds. All right, you're out of time. We've got to start. Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verse 1 through 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites in the synagogues do and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. You know, before we, before we jump in here, I've got to say it, and someone's going to disagree, but someone's going to agree with me. After reading the Sermon on the Mount more times than I can count, is it just me, or does it seem kind of like Jesus is a bit cranky? I don't know what it is, but the more I read the Sermon on the Mount, the more I go, Wow. You know, these, these words here, just the very beginning of this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. Man, if I was sitting there, I would have went, wow, what's wrong with Jesus today? Because it's almost like he was pointing fingers directly at people in the crowd right that second. I've always, I've been struggling with this. It, it seems like when Jesus was talking, he was kind of grumpy. And I kind of like grumpy Jesus, personally makes me very happy but this this passage here on on jesus on giving is it's something that's i i think is is very profound and before we really get into the heart of what he's talking about i think we need to dive in deeper and really understand what he's talking about it says thus when you give to the needy Sound no trumpet before you. So we're going to stop that. And it brings us to our very first point. Before we can understand what Jesus is saying entirely, we have to understand what Jesus is talking about in general. So we have to understand what Jesus is talking about when giving. Now, maybe this is a simplified version, but I believe anytime giving is talking about in Scripture, there's always someone in, in the crowd that goes, ah, I knew it. I knew it. We're going to talk about giving. That guy's trying to get in my wallet. Sorry. <laughs> it's not me. But when it comes to, to giving, I, I believe there are passages talking about giving to the church, and then there are passages talking about what he's talking about here. This is not necessarily Jesus discussing giving to the church. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, 2, 3, and 4 is not a discussion of giving to the church, but it's a discussion of helping others. So if you're one of those people that go, aha, he's trying to get in my wallet, that's not necessarily true about what Jesus is talking about. Or maybe you're one kind of person here, when you look at this passage, you go, nothing he has to say today applies to me uh, because eggs cost $48 uh, 
dozen. I have no money to give. He's out of luck. So let me, let me clarify that. That's kind of true and kind of not. When we talk about giving in Scripture frequently, the, the most three basic aspects of giving are found between time, talents, and resources. Those, when we, we talk about giving to others in Scripture, time, talent, and resources, and I'm going to throw a few verses at you here. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, it says people will give an account for their time. So I believe that one of our gifts that God has given us is time. Um, nothing else past that. It's simply time. And so if you're going to say, well, I don't, this passage doesn't apply to me because groceries are too expensive. I'm not giving to anybody right now. Let me tell you that part of the way you give is through time. For instance, uh, we, had, we had a farmer that used to always hire our, our youth of the church, and it wasn't for anything else except for their time. He would pay these young people to go, and, and I would go with them, and we would walk in the dirty fields for acre after acre after acre after acre in the dirt and the heat and the stink. I guess it wasn't really hot. I was just grumpy. Um, and all we were doing was picking up rocks. That's it. There was no money involved in that. Uh, there, is, there is no talent in picking up a fist-sized rock, but that's what he wanted the youth to do to help him. So that was one way that we, we give as, as helpful is simply time. And so the easiest way to give is simply time. The second is, is something else. And it talks about skills or your talents. And this passage is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's, it's kind of famous. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance for us to do. Which is simply saying, each of us has some sort of talent, maybe different talent, different skills, but each of us have something that we have acquired through God that allows us to have a special resource or a skill that we have and we help others. For instance, there was a small church and the church decided that the town needed an indoor basketball court. So all these construction guys got together after a 10-hour workday and they would go and they put up this huge basketball inside in, indoor basketball court for people to play when it was raining because it rained all the time. The people that were there were not, were not donating the supplies. They didn't pay for it. They didn't pay for the ground. They didn't do any of that. All they did was show up because they had a, a certain skill set that they wanted to donate for this project. So simple. First way we give, easiest time. Second, we use the skills that God gave us. Third, and this is, this is where someone's going to go, aha, I knew it. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says each one must give an give as he decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsions for god loves a cheerful giver that's the third one that simply put your resources and it's not necessarily your money see too many times people people think the only way they could help someone is with money that is that is not true this idea here in, in second corinthians chapter nine is not necessarily about money but it's about what you have for instance there was this little little old lady I didn't know her. She didn't go to church. And for some unknown reason, she liked youth. I don't know why. I, I tried to talk her out of it. I said, hey, youth are obnoxious. They do irritating things. Are you really sure you like them? Apparently, I, I lost. But this certain lady had a huge apple orchard. That was, that was what she had. 
uh, her husband planted it a long time ago. They would sell apples. And so every year, ironically, I never thought this would work, but she said, the youth can come to my apple orchard and they can pick as many apples as they want. Okay. And so a lot of the ladies in the church got together and they said, Jerry, this would be a great fundraiser and we can make a lot of money. And I said, no, this is a terrible idea. We're not going to make any money, but I'm going to go along with it because I'm young and I'm not looking to make waves. So the youth would go and we would pick apples and then they'd all come back to the church and half the church would get together. And they had this awful idea that we would make apple pies. We would freeze them. We would sell them with instructions on how to cook them. And they made me sit out front of Casey's gas station at six o'clock in the morning on my days off with the youth selling these apple pies. And we made a fortune. And I never admitted I was wrong. But see, this, this lady didn't give us her money. She didn't. She simply said, my resource, what I have to, to help others, is simply these apples. If you want to come pick these apples, come pick the apples. And that's what we did. So before we understand really what Jesus is talking about, when we look at this passage about giving to the needy, we have to understand what giving is. Giving almost always falls under three categories in Scripture. Time, talents, or skills, whatever you want to say it, and your resources, either what you have or finances. That's, that's our three things. Those are the three things that are talked about in Scripture. And it is so important before we move forward in this passage, talking about giving to the needy, that we understand that. See, every time Jesus talks about giving, he is not necessarily saying, every time you walk in the city square, you open up your wallet, you throw down your coins. That is not it. This is not a discussion of going to your church and tithing. That's not that. What this is talking about is giving to those in need, and it does not necessarily mean money. We are able to understand this, and when you understand that, it changes the rest of the direction of this passage because oftentimes when we hear money, we automatically shut down. Be honest, we do. When someone calls and wants to sell you something, the very first thing is, nope, Someone tried to sell me a pesticide spray at my house, and I, I told them, if it's less than free, I'm interested, but anything that has to do with money, I'm not interested. So understanding giving is essential, so don't shut down and just tune everything out because you think this is about money. It's not. It's about time, talent, resources. All right, let's read it again, and let's dive in just a hair deeper this time. Let's, let's read what Cranky Jesus has to say. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will, have to re you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do, in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. All right, now we're going to go just a hair deeper. First you understand giving, and now we need to understand why we give. We have to understand why we give now. In my short years of life, I have developed a theory that everyone falls under one or two categories. You're either one of, one of the person or they're not. Either you like to eat your bad food first or you like to eat your good food first. 
I believe everyone falls into that category. Either you're the kind of person that if you have a plate of food that you don't like the food, you eat the bad food first. And that to me is weird because I'm the kind of person who wants to eat my apple pie first. Because I'm afraid life is short and I don't want something to happen to me. I want to make sure I get my good stuff first. So if you are one of the kind of people who likes to eat your bad food first, this is for you. Let's, let's understand this properly. So when it says... When you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. So this praised by others, this is Jesus telling them why they're giving. Jesus is talking about the people there. He's actually answering this question. He's saying, I know why you give. You give because you want everyone else to see you. So if we want to understand this passage properly, Jesus was telling them why they give. We need to understand why we give. Let's think about some of the bad stuff first. This is just my my rough brainstorming of why people give and not in a good context. Some people give because it makes them feel good. That's it. They don't care about the other person. They don't care what it does for them. They simply give because it makes them feel good. Sometimes it takes a step further. It makes them feel better than the person that they're helping. I knew a, I knew a man, he used to drive me crazy. When I was a young person, I laughed, but now I look at it, I'm like, that's really obnoxious. I would drive with him, and he would find the people uh, asking for money on the street, and he would fling change at them. And he would fling that change so hard because it made him laugh watching them pick it up. He wasn't giving to help. He was giving because it made him feel good to feel better over them. That's why some people give. Some people feel guilty. Some people give because they feel guilty about choices they made in life. I know we've we've talked about this before, but there are certain churches that are are closer to the the drug cartels in different nations, and those churches have profound budgets. Why? Because the drug cartels will actually give part of their drug money to the church because why? They feel guilty. They know what they're doing is wrong, and so they they want to give back to people, hoping it will alleviate their guilt. People do that now. People want to help others, not because it's what they, they think they should do. It's simply because they're trying to alleviate the guilt. They want to feel a little bit better. Or sometimes people help others because they want to show off. That's it. They want to show off how great and how wonderful they are. That's the people I think Jesus is talking to here. They were, they were giving to show off. They weren't giving to help the individuals. They were giving because they wanted to feel superior. They wanted to, hey, look at me. This is so great. How about this? Other times, people help others to gain advantage over them. There's been a long-running joke in my family. My sister still makes fun of me. When I worked at the gas station, I would always buy cigarettes and I would, I would pass them out when I worked the night shifts. I would pass them out to the roughest people that would come to this gas station. It was a rough area, and I would, I would pass out cigarettes to them. Why? Not because I wanted them to smoke, but if they were going to rob somebody, I didn't want them robbing me. So I, wasn't, I was giving to them. It wasn't being nice. I was, I was trying to gain an advantage over them. I simply didn't want to get stabbed. Um, we, we also kind of see this in dysfunctional families oftentimes. Um, frequently, we'll, we'll, there'll be a family... 
and the child is older and they're struggling and they need assistance and their, their parents help them, but not because they want to, but because they want to have power over that child afterwards. And before I, I criticize parents too much, kids do the same thing, vice versa. They wait till the parents old, they go to the house, take care of them, not because they love their family, but they want to get higher up on that inheritance list. So oftentimes people give themselves, they donate to the people that need help only to gain an advantage of themselves. So we got the bad stuff out of the way. Maybe you're an apple pie liker, beginning. Let's discuss some of the better reasons people give. And this is kind of neutral, and I want, I want to address this because this has been brought up. Sometimes people give, are you ready for this? It's, it's going to be tough. Sometimes people give and help others, not necessarily for a bad reason or a good reason. It's kind of neutral. It's because it helps those that they're helping, but it also helps themselves. For instance, in our country, there are many organizations that help the needy, and when you help the needy, you get a tax benefit. So when you donate to these organizations that help those in need, you actually receive a tax benefit. And I know there are a lot of people that really struggle with this, and they struggle with this based on this passage. They say, I don't, I don't, I don't want to help someone else for the tax benefit. I'll still help them. I just don't want the tax benefit. Now, let me, let me throw these verses out to you just before, before you submit your idea. I'm not going to say either way. But Matthew 22, 18, verse and 19, uh, Jesus said, Render unto Caesar what is Caesar. Uh, in addition to that, First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 and following, it said, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Or Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 7. It said, let every person be subject to the governing authority, for there is no authority except for God and those that exist that have been instituted by God. I'm going to throw those three passages out for you because I personally think that if you struggle with helping others and doing that while helping yourself, Jesus said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. I think he's saying, pay your fair share of taxes. He didn't say, give everything to Caesar. And these passages are saying you, you be subject to human institutions. You follow the governors. You follow the supreme rulers. You follow them. So if the, if the laws say you can claim this as a charity, claim it as a charity. So a lot of people really struggle with this, and they're back and forth. Do I help someone and claim it on my taxes? Because then it's, it's violating what Jesus is saying. And I'm just telling you what I see in Scripture. Jesus says follow the law. And if the law says you can write things off, write it off. Just don't be a cheat. Other times we give because we feel so blessed by so much that we have. There are people that give um, not necessarily to help the other. They do it because they feel like they have so much. They've got to pass it on down. They've got to. I, I, I knew a man who bought a wardrobe for an early preacher, his very first church. The man went out and bought him a whole new wardrobe. Why? Not because he really wanted to help the guy. He just figured he had so much. What's the point? Let me give it to someone else. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we give to others to be a good example to others. Not to show off, but we want to train others what it's like to give to others. Sometimes we follow this passage and we give to give glory to God. 
See, there are, there are different ways. There are some bad ways to give, and there are some good ways to give. Jesus is addressing clearly to these individuals that he was speaking to at that moment what you're doing, and this is why you're giving. And if we look at this passage properly, we need to do the same thing for ourselves. Before we even contemplate giving to those in need, we need to ask ourselves clearly, why are we giving? Then we move forward. Because if it's any of the bad things, we need to reevaluate and figure out what's going on. All right, last time. This time we're not going to read verse 1. We're going to read just verse 2 down. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Finally, the heart of the message. Now once you understand what giving is, and you determine why you give, that brings us to the third part. We need to understand how to give correctly. I've always, always kind of chuckled here. Because, see, I, I believe a lot of people in these, these streets that were listening to Jesus right now, they, they knew to themselves. They're saying, Jesus is talking to those guys over there. And they, probably a couple of them kind of cheered it too. Yeah. I know exactly who he's talking about, but the, the problem is, is he's not talking to one group of people. He's talking to everybody. He's talking to everybody. And see, sometimes we take this passage and we get really confused and we twist it and we manipulate it until it's so much jargon that we're so confused, we do what's natural, we simply don't help. It's too difficult to understand all this, so we just, we're not going to help. We get this idea, don't let the, the left hand know what the right hand's doing. You have to give in secret. That is a serious challenge. For instance, in this, in this church here, if we followed this passage word per word without taking the idea of what Jesus is talking about, it would be extremely difficult. Well, imagine this. Imagine if everyone in the leadership team refused to tell another person in the leadership team when they helped someone. Can you imagine, can you imagine that? Now, we have a, we have a fund that, that you and the church donate to. It's part of our benevolence committee, and it's designed to help those that are in need. Could you imagine what it would be like if everyone in the leadership team would help someone out of the benevolence fund but not tell the other leaders? Now, I know there are a few people that like to scam the system. There are a few. It would open the door for people that were looking to scam. See, we take this passage and we manipulate it so everything has to be not in secret. That's not exactly what Jesus is saying. He's not saying you keep every single thing in secret because I'm going to tell you right now, an organization like a church, we can't exist like that. We, we can't. And frequently, sometimes people ask the church for help. One person can't do it. It's too much. They have to go tell someone, hey, so-and-so needs help. Will you come help me with them? If we follow this, this passage word per word, super legalistic, it won't work. Because if we ask someone to help, technically, we're violating what Jesus said. That means when someone asks you to do a major project, we've been asked to re-roof someone's house before. Technically, if that person asked someone in the church to help roof that, that house, they have to do it alone. Uh-oh, imagine this. Imagine, 
Imagine what it'd be like if someone came to me personally and said, Jerry, I'm, I'm really struggling. Could you, could you just pay my rent just for two or three months till I get back on my feet? And I go, okay. But I take this passage word per word. I start paying their rent and I refuse to tell my spouse about it. Yeah, you know. You know what would happen. If I start paying someone's rent without discussing it with my spouse, what would happen? That would look really suspicious, wouldn't it? Let me just throw this out here. I'm going to throw these passages out here, especially when it involves family. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Matthew 19, verse 5 through 6. And said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. See, if we take this passage without understanding how to give or why we give, and we don't understand how to give correctly, we're going to take this passage, and it's going to really, really affect how we minister to the needy. See, I believe that these passages are saying that when a man marries a woman, they, they become one, you're allowed to discuss your giving with them. And I believe the same thing. When a, a community come together and they call themselves a church, there are certain times we need to discuss what is happening and how we are helping others. But the problem is, is we have to do this properly. We have to do that properly. We have to make sure we do it with the same intention Jesus is talking about here. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. This is not necessarily talking about a real secret, but this is talking about what he was talking about in verse one. The hypocrites that go out and blow a trumpet and start cheering themselves on as they give. This idea of a secret is not is not necessarily a secret like you and I think, but it's more or less a secret of your attitude. Quite clear, Jesus is saying something here, and it's not necessarily about giving. Jesus is making insinuation here, and, and it's easy to say, oh, this is just about giving. It's not. What Jesus is asking them quite clearly when he says, don't do it with a trumpet, Jesus is asking these people in a vague way, who are you trying to impress? That's what Jesus is asking them. Who are, you, who are you looking to show off to? Who are you looking for the favor? People always make fun of my, my clothes. They tell me my suits are too bright or my shirt's too bright. And I look at them and say, you know, honestly, I'm not dressing for you. There's only one person I, I dress for. I don't care what you think of my clothes. I only care about what one female thinks of my clothes, and she dresses me, so I don't really care. <laughs> in the very same way, Jesus is asking them in a, in a hidden secret way here. He's saying, who are you looking to gain favor with? He's saying, choose now. Are you looking to gain favor from men? Because if you are, when you blow your trumpets, you make the noise, you sound the alarms, look at me. Jesus is saying you already got your reward. But he says when you give in secret, and the real secret is not about, about keeping everyone in the dark. It's about not looking for favor from other people. He's saying when you do that, 
then you receive your reward. I wonder, and this is, this is my hidden agenda here, and you know I've got this, I hate social media. I hate it. Because I believe social media, for a lot, for a lot of people, is doing the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying right here. So many times, because of social media, we are doing nice things for others that I believe God would say, yes, yes, and then we post it and we brag about it. And Jesus goes, no. I believe frequently we do things just because we want from someone else. So you have to ask yourself quite clearly, whose pat on the back are you looking for? Who are you looking to receive the praise for? Who are you looking for the person to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Do you want your neighbor down the road to say that? Or do you want your creator in heaven to see that? See, I, I believe a lot of people in this, in this crowd were going, yay, Jesus is really giving it to those guys. He's really telling them, those punks who donate a whole bunch and make a loud noise in the church tray, and man, they make a big scene of feeding the needy. Woo, Jesus is giving it to them. But I believe he was telling every single person there, who are you looking for approval from? Who are you looking to impress? And I believe we have to ask ourselves that same question. When it involves helping others, and, and we all know this, and there is serious truth to this, there is a lot of need today. I think now more than the last 10 years, 20 years, there's a lot of need out there. People need help. Morally, financially, in their relationships, people need help. And they're looking for someone to help. And before you say, I'll help you, we need to ask ourselves first, what is help? Why am I helping? And how do I help properly? That's what Jesus was talking about here. You know, I, I always think it's really neat. I believe everyone needs at least one kind of help. And I, I believe our number one help is freedom from our sins. Jesus said, I see the need, I'm going to fill that need. You've got a need, I'm going to take care of it. You need forgiveness for what you've done, let me, let me take that for you. And, and so today, if, if you have not received that help from Jesus Christ, I believe today's a, day, a good day. Come on down, we'll, we'll baptize you. We'll welcome you with open arms. Hey, if you're watching online, um, Get a hold of us. If you want to get baptized, let's, let's make something work. If you're having just a rough day, you want some prayers, come on down. The same thing goes for you. Hey, if you're online, you want prayers, put that on your connection card. We pray about them. We look at them. It's not, it doesn't disappear. Uh, if you're a baptized believer, you like First Christian Church, hey, you know we'll welcome you to open arms. Uh, if you want to make a decision, we're going to stand up. We're going to sing a song. Come on down. We'll, we'll do what needs to be done.
seated. great time it is to be in worship of the Lord. Today, as we come to the communion meditation, the topic that I want you to really think about is what you're doing. What is it you're doing? You're in Unity. Unity is special. 
without unity within the church, we don't have a church. The definition of unity is going into a relationship or a state of being together, making something whole. Yes, you're all individuals, and the Lord God has blessed you because as an individual, he allows you to choose and be saved. Look to my right. There's an altar. There's a command on this altar. Do this in remembrance of me. Luke 22, 19. What a wonderful command for all of us to follow. You do that in unity in the communion meditation. You will all together be praising and thanking the Lord for your freedom from sin and your redemption to be his child. If you look further in Matthew 18:19, it gives you another godly thing about unity. It reads like this. I tell you, two or more of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be given to you. My Father in heaven, if two or three or more are gathered together, he will be in the midst of you. Let us call down through the Holy Spirit the love of God during the communion message. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I ask that each and every one of us join together in unity here and feel the presence of the Lord in your heart. Let it be done during this communion. Let us all together drink in the love of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ, and to him we say, Amen.
in the inside of your bulletin. We have announcements for this week. Um, Jerry has all of his activities going on today. Roger's group is meeting this evening. Jules is gonna ha- going to have LOL again. Uh, we have studies this week, but the adult study will not meet. No adult Bible study. We mentioned that about 15 times the other day. So no adult study this week. I'll be in Texas for the week. Um, Al's group's meeting. We have our pancake breakfast uh, s- uh, Saturday morning at 7 a.m. So if you can be here for that, that'd be great. We're going to have our Easter breakfast. It's going to be held between services on Easter Sunday. So there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Make sure you sign that up. Sign up for that. Speaking of using your talents, we I'm surprised Jerry didn't say anything about this, but we have our ministry involvement forms uh, in the uh, foyer. So you can sign up for uh, different ways to serve within the church and use your gifts and talents to be a blessing. Operation Christmas Child still looking for... Um, Looking for some items. Also, the Art of Marriage, we're still doing sign-ups for that, and you can see information about that in your bulletin, so please make sure you take note of that. This time, I want to show you a, a little promotion for, um, for Art of Marriage. I think one of the greatest gifts you can really give to the next generation uh, is faithfulness and fidelity in, in, in marriage. You are ancestors to someone yet to come. Spice things up a bit, hey kids? I expect a husband of mine to be more refined. The thrill is gone. I know the feeling. I was exhausted. This is marriage. There is no whining in marriage. Mm, Doesn't it smell fantastic? Dave, I really have lost my feelings for you. We were in an argument, and I grabbed her as hard as I could, and I threw her down on the bed. During my depression, I just uh, did some things that really hurt Tony, hurt him real badly, and, and hurt our marriage. Where does marriage always go wrong? It's when I want the right to set the rules by which this relationship would work. You don't have issues. You are the issue, both of you. Our marriage is uh, the central glue as an institution that is holding civilization together. We are responsible then to turn and to forgive others, even when it's horrendous sin. I want to talk to you, but uh, I feel a lot better if you put that knife down. You cannot have a successful marriage without the invasion of the supernatural. What the cross promises a marriage is fresh starts and new beginnings. So um, we're still signing up for that for the next couple, th- uh, for the next three weeks or so. So we encourage you to sign up for that. Cost is forty-five dollars. Once you sign up, it is not refundable. So that you, when you sign up, you show up. Um, I think that's all the announcements we have. We have a lot of uh, a lot of prayers in the bulletin. We want you to take note of those. Make sure that you um, 
take that page home with you. Um, we uh, have a message from Boise Bible College and thankful thanking us for their so thanking us for our support of them. We have a lot of people that are suffering health issues. We have troops deployed. We have our shut-ins we're praying for. Uh, Operation Christmas Child, we're praying for them this month that everything that comes in, and that when it goes out, that it has a, a blessed effect. And we're also praying for TCMI this month. So we want to be in prayer for the work that they do. And they've the, the war in Ukraine has basic has really affected them, and we've been able to help support them. And a lot, I hope a lot of the other supporting ministries are able to help them also. So at this time, let's stand together and let's take our hearts together to the Lord in prayer, and then I'll close this with prayer, and we'll have our closing song. Lord, there's so much to pray about in so little time, it seems like. And Father, I pray that during the week we keep all of our prayer requests before us and we lay them before your throne. We're thankful that you hear us. And Father, I pray for each situation that we have that your presence is felt. Lord, we're thankful for the message this morning. We're thankful that we can be together today. And I pray that as we leave today, we are encouraged to serve you and to grow closer to you each day. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. church this morning. Have a great week in the Lord, everybody, and do great things.